I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. I hope you guys know every time, every time we start, the actual intro song plays over like our recording. Yeah. And so we're just sitting here just vibing, just Straight absolutely up vibing, full dance moves. Yeah. We hope every time it comes on in your car, you stop your vehicle to have yeah, a dance. Just to just dance. Um, that was a bit much. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, hey, shout out to our producer, Matt, who made this music for us too, which we just love him. He does so much for us. We're thankful for you, Matt. Multi-talented. Multi-talented fella. Um, Welcome. Welcome to (laughs) week one of the Fruits of the Spirit series that we're doing. And we hope last week was meaningful and helpful to you, but... We're going to get into the nitty gritty, into the deep and slutty, like we said before. Katie hates when I say that. I was like, oh, we're going to get into it. (laughs) And I just couldn't be more excited to have this conversation. But um, Katie, how are you doing? I am doing, you know. You're doing? I am doing. Yeah. Um, It's been a week. Yeah. In the fact that there were seven days. In a week. In a week. Correct. Monday, Monday to Monday, you know. It generally happens that way. Yeah. Monday. Monday to yeah. Sunday? Um, uh, don't even. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> okay. Cut the... All right. Thanks for tuning Cut in. Feet. Cut the feet. <laughs> um, no, but this week, it's been long. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah. But there's been some good things. Got to see a friend who was home from college. That was really sweet. Nice. Just in general, like normal, good life stuff, but in the midst of some tricky situations trying to navigate and... Um, yeah, man, those don't stop. Thus goes life. So but it goes. What I about? feel that. No, I was just, I'm relating to yeah. what you're saying. And it's been honestly a pretty hard, hard time for us with some just stuff happening in our family. But things are also good. Like that's the crazy thing about life is there's good and there's bad and life doesn't stop when things get hard. And yeah. our, our baby started walking this week too, which is just so crazy. He's getting so yes. big and... It was you know. so sweet. I was uh, I was on the worship team this week at Young Adults, and so I was up there, and I'm looking back, and Owen's just walking, you know, walking, walking in the back. Walking his little feet. Like, what the heck? He'll be like, kind of scooting a little bit, like frustrated, and I'll say, yeah. I'll say, walk on your feet, and he like smiles and he stands up and he like walks He's a little like, bit, I like, can like do oh, that. yeah, I remember. <laughs> he just needs the he needs the confidence, he needs the push. So yes. it's that's fun. Life is life is complicated. Life is complicated, but, but God good. is good all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> but God is good. Mm, like, God is good. <laughs> Anyways, um, we do actually want to dive in today's, into today's episode. Um, as we kind of laid the framework for in our last episode, we are going to be talking about all the fruits of the spirit and kind of some of their counterfeits and um, what the world tries to sell us instead of, um, you know, these genuine fruits of the spirit. So our first one is love as we're going to go in order as Galatians 5 lays out. So love is the first one. And I think it's easy to hear love and be like, ah, got it. Done. Yeah. I'm actually just not going to listen to this episode. Yeah. I've watched enough chick flicks. I know what love is. 100%. Well, (laughs) and we even like, we just talked about it too. This is like a recent episode we did. It was talking about the love of God. And I am excited about the angle we're taking on this. Not because it's like, oh, we're doing something totally different and new. Yeah. But just, yeah. Like, (laughs) We've talked about, we're doing kind of in our preparation, we're doing word studies on these things as we're, and you know, we are not biblical scholars, but. Oh, I am. Yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Katie is, I forgot. She has her MDiv and she's, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's a scholar. So. In all my free time. In all my free time. (laughs) Only MDiv. Someday, someday. Yes. But we have, you know, we're trying to 
identify like what is the heart of yeah. this specific kind of love that God has promised by his spirit to believers and what is the opposite and you know what is a what is a tricky counterfeit of this so we're going to talking today about love mm-hmm. versus impulse that impulse and impulsivity is the antithesis of agape love which is the kind of love that is a fruit of the spirit so yes. katie take it away so just as katie just said in galatians 5 the greek word uh, that is used there for love is agape. And so there's three different types of love. There's agape, there's eros, eros. and there's phileo. Phileo, yeah. Phileo, should have phileo. written this down. I'm like, oh, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's Philadelphia, these- phileo. <laughs> yes. I saw that and I was like, oh, typo. And then mm-hmm. I was like, no, it is Philadelphia. But yeah, no, it is. Um, so there's these three. And agape uh, is the one that we're going to be talking about today because obviously it was the one mentioned in the scripture. But I have a couple of quotes I want to share right off the bat to kind of get us in the right mind state (laughs) to be talking about this particular type of love because it is different than uh, most of what we encounter here on the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so this first quote, uh, I'm, I have a couple quotes here and it's from an article. I'm going to be linking it in the show notes for you guys to read because it was just a really good comprehensive article. Yeah. It's basically like an in-depth word study on agape in the Greek. Yeah. So. It was super, super beneficial and it actually does the contrast that we are doing in today's episode. So mm-hmm. it's a great resource if you want to, uh, take a little bit more of a deep dive into this. But this first quote just says, agape is love that has ethical qualities about it, obligations, responsibilities, where phileo is a non-ethical love, making no ethical demands upon the person loving. So um, this is, phileo is kind of like the love that we typically are, if you're like, oh, I love you. It's brotherly love. Yes. It's probably. Friendly, brotherly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, um, like, I love you because we're so, we're such great friends and we do these things for each other and you are this way. But agape is something that requires something of us. Mm-hmm. This says that there are ethical qualities about it, obligations, responsibilities. So agape is a calling in love where phileo would be just a natural kind of response yeah. to a, a situation. Reaction. A reaction. And we're going to get into this. I think that phileo can lead to agape and all of this stuff. They're very intertwined. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. But yeah, agape, it's not like phileo is bad. Right. It's just not as, it's not what this particular passage is referencing. It's not complete. Exactly. And so... Agape love wells out of an understanding of the inherent worth of the object of your love rather than how that person makes you feel or what they do for you. And so we we're called to love in this passage, a fruit of the spirit of walking Mm -hmm. with God is that we love people because of the inherent worth that God has given them because they're fellow image bearers Mm -hmm. and nothing else. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like anything else is just a cherry on top of what we're called to do. And that is to love fellow image bearers Mm -hmm. and beyond just like good vibes and tan lines with these people. (laughs) It's like not. (laughs) Yeah, he did. I'm so sorry. No, I love you. I can cut out the and tan lines part. It's just like good vibes and then an awkward. Good vibes. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's perfect. It is, you know, this, this deep, 
commitment to somebody and commitment to somebody's well-being and it's sacrificial in nature. And so that's something that we're going to be talking about a lot today is just the sacrifice that naturally comes from the agape love. Yeah. Yeah. That it's a necessary part of the agape love. I, I love this next quote that you had in here. Agape may involve emotion, but it must always involve action. Agape is unrestricted, unrestrained, and unconditional. Agape love is the virtue that surpasses all others and is, in fact, the prerequisite for all others. Yeah, so any good thing wells out of the agape love. And so if we don't understand this, then we're not going to understand anything else. Um, And so I love that the stipulation in the beginning that it says it may involve emotion. Yeah. Like that's not bad. Like we were talking about. It's not robotic. Right. You're not like, oh, I have to love you. And Mm -hmm. then you don't get any of the positive emotion that comes from it. Right. It may involve emotion, but it always involves action. Yes. Regardless of the feelings involved, regardless of the situation, it always involves that sacrificial action. Yeah. If it does not act, if it does not sacrifice, if it is not unconditional, Mm. it's just not agape. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to kind of define impulsive, like the impulsive love. Yeah, and why this is the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's it's just kind of like you get the warm, gushy feelings about somebody or the, the easy kind of connection and you love them for that and then that goes it's impulsive it's in the moment oh I love you for this and then who knows what's next Mm -hmm. and um I well I was kind of writing this out I was thinking about just the saying that nature abhors a vacuum and when something's gone it fills it with something else Mm -hmm. so I you know, I was thinking impulsive love abhors a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So when not being fed, impulsive love will move on to the next object of affection. This is why it cannot be relied on. If these feelings of love are not backed by agape love, relationships will crumble. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, we see marriages that are built on that impulse, the, Mm -hmm. I love you, you're so cute, let's get married, love, (laughs) and not the long-suffering, sacrificial, Holy Spirit-driven, unrestricted, unrestrained, unconditional commitment. Yeah. We see divorce, we see infidelity, we see loveless marriage, because impulse is just that, it's impulse. Yeah. It's momentary, it's fleeting, it happens at whim, and agape is a decision that you make, and it's a sacrifice that you continue to make. Totally, and impulse can look like a lot of different things. Impulse mm-hmm. can look like lust. Yeah. Impulse can look like fear. Impulse can look like suspicion. Like Impulse can look like all these things that are kind of the more obvious imposters of love. Yeah. But it's the it's the undercurrent of all of it that impulse serves itself. Impulse serves the giver, you yeah. know. Um and agape serves the receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like we were talking about in the beginning of this, um you know, agape is coming out of the understanding of the other person's inherent worth mm-hmm. and 
this impulsive love is fully coming out of what they they can do for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that changes through life. That's going to change in friendships. You know, like maybe in the beginning it looked like this, it was super easy, but then life gets hard for that person and you dip because it was an impulsive love. You stuck around when it was easy. You were a fair weather friend and now you're gone. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a lot in our one of our very first episodes, The Case for Radical Commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think honestly goes pretty like hand in hand with what we're talking about today. I was thinking that too. Um, and so if you haven't listened to that one, I would encourage you to. I think it's probably a good like compliment. Yeah. Yes. And it's, um, it's a very specific view into friendships mm-hmm. um, specifically, but just the contrast between the impulsivity and the and the agape is the root from which it comes and so um yeah yeah I mean that's making me think too of sometimes impulse can serve the giver in a way that isn't even obvious yeah right so it's like the obvious of like oh this friendship isn't serving me anymore I'm out but sometimes it can be like tricky and even Mm -hmm. more nefarious or sneaky than that the best example I can think of right now and this applies in much many more situations than just parenting But as a parent, right, if I love my child in a conditional or impulsive or self-serving way, it can look really good. It can look like I go above and beyond. I'm involved in every part of my child's life. I'm doing all these things. But what I'm actually doing is loving being needed. Yeah. And I'm being served by the fact that my children need me and I'm creating their dependence on me. And, you know then kids move out and get married and you don't like their spouses because they've taken them away from you or they're never enough for you because they can never live up to the standards you have for them. um, We do that in friendship too. Like that's not just a parenting thing, but that self-serving nature of impulsive love can look a lot like a good thing. Yeah. And it really comes down to the heart like we're talking about. Well, and this impulsive love serves the need of the moment. Yes. So I feel I feel like I want to feel needed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do all these things for this person, make them feel like maybe you're exhibiting this agape love because it's sacrificial. But really it's just because you are trying to get out of the situation feeling like mm-hmm. a little stroke to your ego. Right. Like you're feeling better about yourself and right. all this stuff instead of this person is worthy of love because God has created them to be worthy of love. And therefore I'm going to sacrifice because God has called me to sacrifice and because I have the spirit dwelling within me producing this love. And so that, that is the dichotomy we're working with here. Yeah. And I, I think we are excellent as human beings at sniffing out like fake love. Yeah. Like we're, we don't have to be told when someone's doing that to us. Like in the example I just gave, like, right. Maybe when kids are little, they don't notice you grow up and you have a parent that's like that yeah, and is manipulative like that. It's infuriating and you don't want to be around them. You know what they're doing, even if you can't put words to it. Right. If you have a friend that's doing that and needs to be needed and you know, you, you know that, you know that something is not right. Like we're not easily fooled long-term by yeah. these things. And so, you know, you're only fooling yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what is the foundation for this agape love and why is it required of us? Mm-hmm. I think maybe sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, another thing we're required to do, but there's there's a reason, there's a precedent mm-hmm. and there was a standard set. Yeah. And it's given as a gift. So continue. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's from... um 
we see the concept of agape from the Old Testament through the New. That word isn't talked about until the New Testament, but we see... Different languages. Yes. (laughs) Um, But we have a Hebrew word in the Old Testament, and it's hesed, which is a covenantal love. So we see that God has made covenants throughout the Old Testament. Uh, We talked about covenants a little bit in our Case for Radical Commitment episode, LOL. And we kind of broke down what that covenant looked like, what the exchange meant, all of that stuff. Um, So I don't want to get too deep into that. But you are deeply bound together by a mutual promise. God loves his people in this way through the Old Testament. And his people were supposed to also love him in the same way, Mm -hmm. by fulfilling their end of the covenant. However, we could not uphold our end of the covenant. Yeah. And so we see this, I mean, obviously God's agape love has been present since the beginning. This is not to say like God's love was only covenantal in the beginning and now it's agape. Um, Yeah. But we see this, God loves his people by saying, look, I'm always going to be there for you. You you need to do these things. And we did not uphold our end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. We couldn't. We could not uphold our end of the bargain. Yeah. Um, so thus enters agape love in the New Testament. This is the love that Jesus displayed on the cross and the love that God displayed by even sending Jesus. Yeah. Our foundation for carrying out agape love is that God and Jesus modeled it first. Yeah. From the beginning, God has been... Uh, sacrificing (laughs) for us, Mm -hmm. which may sound weird, but he is full of grace. And I think of that as being his sacrifice. He's sacrificing, you know, in that moment, his, his perfect will. He's not sacrifices, sacrificing his perfect will, but you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, to give and extend grace to his people in all of these times when we have not upheld our end of the covenant Mm -hmm. and he has loved us regardless. It was, it was because he knew we had worth because he created us with worth to worship him. And it wasn't because of anything we were doing or not doing that he loved us Mm -hmm. is because he, like I said, he had created us to be loved by him and to love him. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, we we see that shift then into the New Testament. Yeah. People seem like struggle often, and I've struggled with this too, of this like, I'm air quotes here, this inconsistent or different love of God between mm-hmm. the Old and the New Testament. But first of all, the Bible's clear that Jesus is the word from the beginning, the revelation of God to man, the hope and the the plan of God for redemption for his people from the beginning of time. Yeah. This was always the intention. The intention was always to restore mankind to himself. And at the same time, we talk about this like more conditional covenantal love in the Old Testament. But if that's truly like what God was doing, he would have wiped out Israel. Yeah. A thousand times, a thousand times. Like if truly God was not agape (laughs) from the beginning, there would be no grace for Israel. There'd be no grace for his, you know, foolhardy people (laughs) who cannot keep a promise. And this is good news for us. This was good news for them that he constantly was tender and affectionate and gracious and merciful and quick to forgive towards them. And 
sure, they definitely suffered consequences at times. He outloved his own like covenantal promise. Yeah, absolutely. Again and again, and fulfilled his covenants completely through Jesus. So above and beyond from the very beginning, it's not like it's one God and then he changed and decided to fix it. Like he's consistent. Yeah. And now we are living with his spirit, which is the whole point of these fruits of the spirit. His spirit carries that agape love that Mm -hmm. he's had since the beginning. And so when we are operating and walking in the spirit, we get to walk in, in that bounty. And then we are treating people in the same way that we see God and Jesus acting out since the beginning. So that's the precedent. Absolutely. The precedent is that God and Jesus fully operate in agape love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does this look like for us? This this next quote is just my favorite from this whole article. I read this when we were finding this article the other day and I was just like, this is it. We don't even need to say anything. We'll just read this and leave. So this quote says, wherever there is true love, there must be giving and giving to the point of sacrifice. Love is not satisfied with giving trinkets. It must give at the cost of sacrifice. It must give blood, life, all. And it was so with the love of God. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Christ also loved and gave up himself an offering and a sacrifice to God. We are to imitate God's love in Christ. The love that gives, that counts no cost too great, and in sacrificing itself for others, offers all to God and does all this for his sake. Such was the love of Jesus, sweet to God, as the scent of the fields of the new mown grass in June. And this must be our model, not to those who love us, but who hate, not to those who are pleasant and agreeable, but who repel, not because our natural feelings are excited, but because we will to minister, even to the point of the cross, must our love go out. And every time we thus sacrifice ourselves to another for the sake of the love of God, we enter into some of the meaning of the sacrifice of Calvary. And there is wafted up to God the odor of the sweet smell. And I love this. It's showing agape as this partnership with what Jesus did on Calvary. And it's so moving <laughs> yeah. when we think about it in this light of Jesus's fragrant offering to God of spilling his blood on our behalf. And we are called to that same depth of love. And obviously we can never love people as perfectly as Jesus has loved people, but we are called to the same root. And this is the hope we have because of the spirit in us is that by ourselves, we can never love in this way. And yet he's left us his helper the Holy Spirit, so that we can offer some semblance of a similar like sacrifice, have some type of a similar like fragrance that is pleasing to the Lord in the way that we love other people. It's just so freeing and encouraging to realize like, oh, it actually is okay if I don't feel this way. It's okay if I don't. All I have to do (laughs) is be submitted and to be listening and to be humble of heart and willing to respond when the spirit like prompts me towards these things and to, you know, be reminded of these things on a regular basis by putting yourself in a position to hear from the Lord. We talked about this last week, but he is the one who gives us the strength (laughs) to love those who hate us to those who repel us, to those who ask too much of us and the cost is too great at times when we don't have capacity. Like he is so gracious to invite us into such a small example of what Jesus did. Yeah. 
like what a high, beautiful calling that he's given us. And, um, you know, not left us scrambling to figure out that he's given us all we need. Absolutely. It's incredible. And in this, I love this last part because it touches on what we're talking about, like the the difference between that agape love and the in the impulsive love. Um, it says not to those who love us, but who hate. Not to those who are pleasant and agreeable, but who repel. Not because our natural feelings are excited, but because we will to minister even to the point of the cross. Mm-hmm. And that's how desperate this love is. It is, I love you regardless. Mm-hmm. You, I don't like being around you. <laughs> you yeah. repel me. And honestly, my love for you is so deep because of the spirit. I would love you to the point of the cross yeah. because that is the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our sin repels him. <laughs> he is repulsed by our, our wicked hearts and he still came and he died and he extends his love and he offers us his spirit. And that is the example we have of love. And I think so often we can be so cavalier about these things and be like, oh, well, you know, just love others. It's like, no, this is, this is life and death. Yeah. And this isn't to say like, go throw yourself out into traffic for somebody. It's just saying we should be laying down our lives daily Mm -hmm. for for those right. who are around us, regardless of our relationship to them, regardless of how much, how many warm, fuzzy feelings we have towards them, we are called to a deep and committed love. Yes. And I love the way that this quote phrased this idea that's so obvious in the way that Christ loves us, but love is not satisfied with giving trinkets. Yeah. It must give at the cost of sacrifice. It must give blood, life, all. The idea that so much of... <laughs> what we're able to offer in our own strength, actually all we're able to offer in our own strength is just trinkets and yeah. little tokens that might help for a minute and make someone feel loved for a moment and whatever. Yeah. But the only love that is all-encompassing and unconditional and powerful in this way, in this agape way, must give to the point of sacrifice. Yeah. It, it, it gives all. It just does. And if that seems overwhelming, it is. Yeah, (laughs) it is. And that's why he gave us his spirit. Yeah, absolutely. So what should this model of love inspire in us? And we've been talking about this the whole time, but 1 John 3, 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. So agape is at its core, sacrificial, it is the call to lay down your life for others and not simply those that you start off loving easy and and sustain with agape. We're talking to have this, we're called to have this love for people we don't even like. Mm-hmm. Laying down your life, your will, your wants, yeah. your desires, your whims for the people you don't even like, but we are called to love through Jesus. Yeah, impulsive love cannot do that. No. It's impossible. <laughs> you it's can because there, so there would be different. no impar- there would be no impulsive love in that yeah. moment. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it can't last. It no. can't sustain for the there's no the work that's required. Yeah, yeah. But you know, rather it leaves the recipient and giver wanting. Both ends are yeah. left unfulfilled. Yeah, agape is not based on anything that can change or fade. It stands because it's based solely on the heart of the one giving love. Mm -hmm. And it is 
it's a product of the spirit. That is why it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. That is why it lasts because it is not based on a human emotion or feeling or whim, but fully based on God and his will and his spirit. Yeah. John 15, 13 says, greater love has none than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Yeah. And it, it's this idea over and over and over of sacrifice, mm-hmm. laying down your life, you know, putting to death your desires for the desires of others. And think if everybody's doing this, mm-hmm. everybody's fulfilling each other's needs. You know, it's not like I'm going to constantly be sacrificing for other people and I'm just left ragged and empty and feeling alone and miserable in life. No, there's promise in this Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's there's joy for those that take part in this. Yeah. And it's this was making me think when we're talking about the impulsive love, like impulsive love is like drinking salt water. Right. It's this thing that you're constant. Obviously, we are we are made to want love. Mm-hmm. We are made to want to love. That is yeah. inherent in the image that we bear, whether we are saved or not. And if you are giving and receiving love constantly in this impulsive, incomplete way, it leaves you starving. It leaves yeah. you hungry for more. You are desperately thirsty and you're going to find it in all these different ways that are some destructive and some just meaningless. And the thing about agape love, like you were alluding to, is that it is born out of being agape loved. Yes. That this comes from a well that never runs dry. When you understand the love of God for you, like, yes, for all of his creation that he wishes none should perish, but for you, Mm -hmm. it is natural and easy to love others. Absolutely. Because you're never dry. Absolutely. You, it's not struggle and strife for the rest of your life to complete this. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, it comes from an endless water source. Mm -hmm. We have God's spirit at our disposal and good thing, the Holy Spirit never gets tired of loving people. Mm -hmm. So good thing it's not on our own strength. We're relying on him. He's not tired. And this all ties back into things we've talked about so many times. If you are tired, that's a good indication, right? That you are relying on your own strength. Yeah. And if you are tired, that's also probably a good indication that you're not resting, that you're not taking Sabbath, that you're not drawing from the source that is bottomless. And so it's just a, it's a good check to kind of remember like, oh, am I like so exhausted and fatigued and miserable? And is it hard for me to love people? And am I snapping left and right and all this stuff? It's like, okay, where is your focus? Where is your heart? Do you, are you, are you remembering? Are you purposely remembering the love and the goodness of God yeah. in your life. Absolutely. And this isn't like a tiredness of like, oh, I, I like fall asleep right as soon as my head hits the pillow. It's not a body tired. That's normal life. No. But and I mean, the Jesus weariness. worked hard. He was tired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like the weariness that comes from scraping out of an empty barrel for these things. And you yeah. know that feeling. Oh, if yeah. you're listening and you're like, I don't know, you know that feeling. And we do too. Yep. We are, we're well acquainted. It's the... It is relying solely on your own strength and it coming up fruitless. Your efforts are coming up fruitless. Mm-hmm. Agape is a tall order. And that's why we cannot produce this love on our own. We can only walk in it through the Holy Spirit. Yep. The Bible lays out some pretty radical examples of love, but laying down one's life is a high calling. But it's called the greatest form of love. Jesus died for us and therefore the greatest act of love would be sacrificing your very life. Every day. Not not death. I mean, 
maybe. Mm. <laughs> Crazier things have happened. For sure. But daily, laying down your life, giving up your very life. Impulse would never lay down its life for the sake of a brother because ultimately it's always searching for a reason to love. Yeah. And if there's not a reason to love, it's going to move on to the next thing because like I said in the beginning, impulsive love abhors a vacuum. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm thinking about this just in like, even if you're someone who doesn't believe in the Lord and you're not saved, we are like made to idolize and idealize agape love. Like, yeah. We love it. We love stories about this. We we villainize people who are impulsive yeah. and inconsistent and, you know, think of every like great story ever told. Like there's, we all know that it is beautiful mm -hmm. to lay down your life for someone else. Yeah. We all know that if a mother runs into the street and pushes her child out of the way of a car and gets hit by a car, mm -hmm. that that is an honorable, excellent, wonderful, horrible thing, yeah. you know, like that, th that is, we, we are made to, yeah. to know that that is good. And it's because that is who our maker is. And that is who, you know, we reflect. Absolutely. And so why is it so important? I feel like <laughs> stupid even asking that question after all we've talked about, but uh, John 13, 35 says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. And that's that same agape. Greek agape. Mm -hmm. um, we are known by our love for other people. That will be the marker of what our relationship with God is. Are we his disciples? I don't know. Let's, what is the fruit of our love? What is the quality of our love? Our love will be the indication of whether or not we're walking in the spirit because we cannot perform agape love without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You cannot be walking in it unless you have the help that you need. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it is the marker of whether or not you are walking in accordance with the Lord mm -hmm. because it's just, imp it's impossible to do without him. Yeah. And just like we were talking about in the last episode, right? That there's a reason love is first on this list. Yeah. There's a reason it is. And it's because it is, it is the point of the law. It is the point of, of what God has done. Mm. And it's the basis. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the force behind all of it. And, you know, we, we can do nothing without love, nothing that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that there's something about this agape too that just highlights our love for God. Mm -hmm. You know, and yes, we're loving other people, but it's because we love God. Mm -hmm. It's because uh, we love his spirit. And so it's worshipful. This isn't just another task here on earth. It is worshipful to the Lord to love his created. You know what I mean? Like yes. the people he has created, that is um, an act of glorifying him and bringing him honor and bringing him worship. Yes. And so this isn't just so that the difficult person in your life feels loved. This is so that God will be put on a pedestal yeah, so he'll be in known. every situation. Right. And that that is the greatest fire beneath anybody. That should be the the marker of every decision we make, but especially in in this love that requires so much of us mm -hmm. and requires such a total sacrifice. It's, it can only be God. God can be the only driving force behind it. Right. 
I, in this list that we had read from this article, they kind of listed off a few different adjectives describing agape love. And there were some of them that I just, I really liked. It painted a good picture. But one of the words that really stuck out to me was noble. It calls Mm. agape love noble. When I think of that, I just think of like purity and whole goodness. I think of like Aragorn. I think of like, you know what I mean? I was thinking about So I just watched the whole Lord of the Rings series for the very first time. And can you even believe she called herself a Christian? <laughs> I know. Or last week. Father, forgive me. <laughs> but so this whole time I'm like, it's like but Lord it's, of the Rings. But it literally is. <laughs> yeah. Like it literally is like yeah. that. And that was written for a purpose, right? Yes. But it's, there's something about the knight in shining armor, the nobility, yeah. the, the steadfastness yeah. and the, the gentleness, like all of that combined together that yeah. it's noble. Like, you know that that is good. Yes. We all do. Yes. You know, we've talked about a lot in this episode. And as always, you have the option to walk away feeling like you've got a lot to work on and maybe feeling shameful. Or you have the opportunity to lean into his spirit and to draw from this well that we're always talking about that never runs dry. When I would strongly, strongly warn you away from the former. Yes. And I I heard this quote recently and I'm going to butcher it. But I'll find it and put this in the show notes too for you guys because it was it was a really good quote and I'm I'm totally gonna butcher it. But it's the idea that the emphasis on self and on what God is doing in me and how I'm measuring up to God's standards rather than a focus on God Himself is Christian narcissism. Yeah. The idea that when we are constantly wrapped up in our own shame and falling short and shortcomings and stuff. And we literally like take our eyes off of Jesus. It's Christian narcissism. And it's yeah. wrapped up in this pretty bow of like, I'm trying to be better. Like self-improvement. Right. But it's wrapped up in this pretty bow. And that is beside the point. Yeah. And is going to keep you spinning in circles. And so I would challenge you, if you leave this episode with anything, it should be marvel and wonder yes. and awe at the perfect love of God that has given you everything you need and has held you up and loved you and supported you and moved you forward in every part of your life. And that is extended to you, even Mm. if you've never received it until now. That that is what you should walk away with this episode with is is worship. Yeah. And that we now get to extend that perfect love. Yeah. We get to operate out of it instead of in this exhausting pulling from our own strength all the time. Mm-hmm. Like what what a gracious God we serve. Yeah. Amen. But we do wanna we wanna wrap it up our very first week of this series. And I'm feeling very excited for the rest of our episodes as we talk about Galatians five and the contents of it. I'm just I'm excited. Me too. It's good stuff. It's good to be reminded. It's exciting. You know, like we're just talking about like it just it is good to be reminded of the goodness of yeah. God. Absolutely. So if if these if at any point this series breeds any questions or anything like that, as always, reach out to us on Instagram or email. We'll have it all in the show notes, but it's all just the Katie's podcast. Keep it keep it simple for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, we like to streamline everything. Um, but we we do want to hear from you as always. Also, uh, if you're enjoying, leave a review, leave yeah. some stars, whatever you want to do, girly. Whatever you four is do. a little bit hurtful. So five yeah. or three or lower. So are all only we will <laughs> so only five is actually what. Yeah, I'm the hearing. only option is five. I mean, I always feel like a four star review is like. 
like, oh. Like, almost. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. Three is like, I have actual ideas for improvement. Yeah. Four is just kind of like, eh. it's a little petty, if you ask yeah. me, you know? It's kind of just like, well, <laughs> I want to kind of bring down your rating a little I'm bit. I'm also kidding. Please just give us a review yes. and we will accept it. But it, the more reviews that we have, the more it helps other people yes. find this and like-minded people. And if you share us and, you know, we're really not trying to promote ourselves. No. <laughs> we actively have made a lot of decisions to move in other directions than yeah. that. But if you find value in this and you know people that could benefit from hearing the truth of God's word on a regular basis, give us a share. See yeah. what happens. Send it into their little inbox if mm-hmm. you want to. Um, we love you guys. As always, we hope you have a great week. And we can't wait to talk to you next. Yep. Talk to you soon. Adios.